0: Hello, and welcome back to the Little Ray of Health podcast. I'm your host and hormone health bestie, Emily Ray. I'm a certified holistic health coach, and I help women balance their hormones naturally using food as medicine. Get ready for a chatty episode because I just have not had enough human interaction today. I am wound up. I got a lot of energy. I got a lot of things to say. I've been cooped up in the apartment all day. Daniel's not going to be home for like an hour and a half. Usually when he gets home, lately he's been getting home later at like 8 p.m. And he gets like, he gets, I get the zoomies. Like when he gets home, I get this like second wind of energy. And I just, he's tired from his like long day at work. And I'm just like a little dog. Play with me, play with me. Um, And so I figured I'd get some of that chatty energy out by recording a podcast. Just a little life update, what's been going on, things I've been loving lately, maybe a little Instagram Q&A. It'll be a good one. I feel like these are the episodes that I feel the most hesitant to post and publish. And then they're the ones that I get the best feedback on. Everyone's like, I love your Q&As. I love when you're just chatty and you're talking. So thank you. And here we go. I am currently on day fifteen of my cycle, which means I'm ovulating. I ovulate on day fifteen. I have like almost every month for the past three years. It is like clockwork. Which actually, if I'm ovulating, that explains a lot about my wanting to socialize and be lively and talk and be chatty. So that explains it. When I ovulate, uh, my hunger is like pretty much non-existent, which makes sense when you think about. I've explained the phases of our cycle, kind of like the seasons that you know the planet goes through earth goes through and your menstrual cycle the phases of it so your menstrual phase is like your inner winter follicular phase is your inner spring ovulation is your inner summer and then luteal phase is your inner like fall or autumn so if we think about ovulation as summer What do we crave in the summer? We don't crave heavy, hearty foods, right? We crave light foods, salads, fruits, salmon, seafood, things like that. So my appetite just hasn't been there. I've still been eating, um, but it's just one of those things where I'm aware that my appetite kind of goes away. So I focus on more calorie-dense foods. I do like chia pudding with coconut yogurt, honey, and fruit. I'll do a protein shake for dinner. I actually made some air fried wild salmon. I put like a Cajun, spicy Cajun blackening season on it. And then I did it with a coleslaw, like a cilantro lime coleslaw. And then I made a mango avocado salsa. It was perfect. And now I'm sitting here snacking on some fruit, snacking on some blueberries and some chocolate and drinking some coconut water. It's Wednesday right now. We were in Denver over the last weekend and it was really fun. I'm happy to be back home. Sorry if you are from Denver and love Denver. It was great. It's just not my it's just not my city. I was happy, which I honestly never thought I would say I'd be happy to come back to like the Bay Area. But um I'm just happy to get back to my routine. Usually on vacation, obviously we don't eat as well as we normally would. And I was with a lot of other people who definitely don't, not that they don't prioritize health. They're just not aware of it. Um, We were with a big group of people. I didn't want to make a big deal. So I ate as healthy as I could, but I was eating a lot of processed foods. We went to the store and we got like some grass fed, 100% grass fed beef, hot dogs and things like that. But I can only eat so many hot dogs, you guys. And so I came home and it was like perfect timing that lined up with ovulation. So I'm craving a lot of like fiber, water-rich foods. And I'm just kind of, I just feel a lot better than I did a couple days ago. If you are wondering about like my travel tips, how I eat, what my routine is like while I travel, what I prioritize, I actually have a whole episode on that. Um, but I really try to keep my like morning and nighttime routine as close to usual as I can. So I will literally bring lemons with me. I bring a little thing of salt so that I can make like salty lemon water in the hotel. I'll bring protein powder and collagen creamer to add to my coffee. I bring my ice roller. I actually went like down the hall in the hotel and I filled up the ice bucket so that I could ice my face. Um, at night I have an eye mask and earplugs. I take these CBD gummies to help me sleep. I also, this is a question that I've gotten asked and I don't know if I've actually answered it, Um, but I've gotten asked, like, do I use marijuana? Um, And I do live in California where it is legal. And yes, I do. I use it recreationally and I use it to sleep. I prefer gummies. They're just easier for me. The dosage is easy, but I also have like a little pen. It really helps me sleep. I don't ever like overdo it. Uh, it's never affected me. I I went through a bad bout of like insomnia and panic attacks, and I have talked about that before. And that is when I started using the gummies to help me sleep. And it's been three years now, and I still take them. I would like to transition off of them, but now I just have this like mental connection that they help me sleep. And if you've ever struggled with insomnia you probably have PTSD about not sleeping. And so I'm like really scared to wean off of them or just stop taking them because I don't want to deal with sleep issues again. But yeah, to answer that question, I do use marijuana recreationally and to sleep. Actually, I have these little like these gummies they are called social gummies. The brand is Camino and they're really, really low dosage. And so I don't drink alcohol. I really have had maybe one drink over the past six months And so I love these little gummies. They give me like a giggly buzz and it's really fun. Daniel loves when I take them. He's like, you're so fun and cute and giggly when you take them. Um, I really like them. So I do that instead of drinking. I love it. There's no hangover. There's no side effects. It is amazing. Oh, another thing I wanted to talk about is my August intentions. So it's August 2nd now. Yesterday, Obviously, it was August 1st, and I wrote down some intentions for August, and a couple of them were that I really want to spend more time like reading my devotional, reading the Bible, more more God time is what I wrote down. So I'm really trying to stay off my phone for the first hour of the day and just focus on like prayer, meditation, journaling, affirmations, just focusing on kind of my intention for the day. I've noticed that if I start my day scrolling oh my gosh, it sends me on like a little dopamine spiral. And then I just spend the rest of the day jumping from task to task, getting super distracted, feeling overwhelmed, really overstimulated. Um, It's what I did yesterday. I know I started my day with my phone. I didn't journal. I didn't like set any intention. I didn't get centered before I started my day. I just kind of jumped into it because I had a busy day. And when I got to the end of the day, I realized I hadn't eaten much since breakfast. I really try to focus on having like a protein, protein rich breakfast. But after that, I was just go, go, go super overstimulated. And actually when it came time for dinner, this is so funny right now, I'm hearing that like girl dinner, little jingle in my head. Um, Last night for dinner, I stared at the fridge for probably 15 minutes I was looking at it and I had a bunch of food. I posted a grocery haul. I had chicken. I had salmon, bacon, um, grass-fed Polish sausages. There was cassava tortillas. I had gluten-free pasta I could have made, stuff for salad. Like my fridge was fully stocked. I was staring at it and I was so overstimulated and just taxed from the day. I couldn't think of anything to eat. I was staring at a full fridge and my brain just wouldn't work. And so finally, what I decided on at literally 7.45 p.m., when I was just like, okay, I need to eat something, I just need to get something in my body before I go to sleep so that I can sleep, Um, I do definitely do not do well on an empty stomach. And so what I made was a cheese quesadilla with sour cream, the most girl dinner, the most like six-year-old toddler dinner ever. And I just want to say this because I am not perfect. I am not eating these beautiful, colorful meals 100% of the time. Literally last night, I ate a quesadilla. Well, I guess it was two quesadillas. I used the Siete cassava tortillas. So they're grain-free, gluten-free cassava tortillas, and then a goat cheddar, raw goat cheddar. It was so good. Was it super high in protein? No. No, it wasn't, but that's okay. It had a lot of healthy fats. There is going to be protein in the sour cream, some protein in the cheese. It was definitely more balanced than my other option, which sounded really good and bland and delicious, was just like buttered Parmesan pasta. But that definitely would have messed up my blood sugar. I love the cassava I think it's fusilli, their little corkscrew pasta. I love it so much. But it's definitely really processed, really high in carbs, super starch heavy. Definitely would have spiked my blood sugar. So in that case, I was like, okay, it's either toaster waffles, a quesadilla or pasta. Those are the only three things that sounded good to me. So weird. I don't know. It's when I get overstimulated and I have a busy day, that's just where my brain goes. It just stops. It just checks out. So yeah, last night I had a quesadilla for dinner. And you know what? I enjoyed every second of it. And then I slept like a baby. Oh, another thing I want to talk about that I've been doing lately every single night. And this is really interesting because I used to wake up in the middle of the night to pee. I'm sure so many of you do. I used to think it was really normal. I would wake up around like 3 or 4 a.m. I would wake up, go pee, go back to bed. Like, it wasn't an issue. It's not like it took me a long time to fall back asleep. Um, But I tried so much because I listened to a podcast that talked about our bodies have like a built-in mechanism to basically relax our, not our muscles, I'm not sure. I'm going to butcher the actual biological process in our body. But basically, when we sleep, there are processes that help us stay asleep. And we shouldn't have to get up to pee in the middle of the night. We should be able to sleep all the way through the night. If you're someone that wakes up around 1 or 2 a.m., it could be a blood sugar issue. If you wake up around 3, that can be a liver, like a liver issue. Um, And if you're waking up many, many times, again, probably blood sugar or, or maybe you're stuck in fight or flight. There's something going on where you're in such a light stage of sleep that you're constantly being woken up. Anyways, I realized that, oh my gosh, I used to sleep through the night and probably for the past six years, five or six years, I've gotten up in the middle of the night to pee. Again, everyone does. I'm pretty sure like almost everyone does. And so sometimes I would have nights where I would sleep through the night. And in the morning I would like do that like Jimmy Neutron thing. I'd be like brain blast, like trying to figure out what I did the day before that helped me sleep all the way through the night. And you know what's funny for a little while, the only common denominator For like four of the nights, there was one time I slept like in the same week, two nights in a row, and then two nights in a row later. Y'all, the only common denominator in that situation was that I had had ice cream before bed at like 9 p.m. each of those nights. And then I slept all the way through the night. So that was really weird. Getting back to where I started the story, for the past month, I have slept through the night every single night. And I get about seven and a half, seven to seven and a half hours of sleep. I feel amazing after that. My body wakes up naturally. That's just the amount of sleep that I need. It works for me. But I have, I'm I'm pretty sure the only thing that I have changed is I started taking a like full spectrum magnesium supplement at night. I use bio-optimizers. I don't have a discount code right now. I'm so sorry. I buy it at Sprouts. You can also buy it online, but I saw it on the shelves in Sprouts and I've been wanting to try this brand. This is really like the most comprehensive full spectrum magnesium on the market. I've been taking it for a month. And like I said, I've been sleeping all the way through the night, every single night. I feel so good in the morning. So if you're someone that like wakes up in the middle of the night maybe multiple times, I highly recommend supplementing with this magnesium. And it probably took three weeks of taking it for it to start working. But ever since then, this stuff is magic. Back to my August intentions. My thoughts are all over the place today. Like I said, I'm very chatty. When I'm chatty, my thoughts are like a pinball machine. But um. I really want to, I have, we go to Hawaii on August 31st. So it's the second. So I have about four weeks, exactly, 28 days to get ready for Hawaii. I'm not doing anything drastic. There's no crash dieting happening here. I'm not going to be working out 100 hours a week, nothing like that. But I do really want to prioritize like taking care of my health, focusing on a high like high protein daily. So at least 120 grams lifting three to four times a week, just so I can feel strong and feel healthy and feel good going to Hawaii. It's not really about how my body looks. Um, Again, I don't weigh myself. I don't do anything crazy. I really have a minimal exercise routine. That was one of the questions in my questions box is like, how has your workout routine changed over the years and over the course of your health and hormone healing journey? And I believe part of what messed up my hormones so badly was overexercising, undereating, and eating these like chemical shitstorm diet foods like Walden Farms syrup and these low calorie or calorie-free foods that are just full of chemicals. And I said in the last episode someone was like, "You should come up with merch that says that." I think it said count count chemicals not calories, something like that. And that's really what I'm all about is eating whole foods, like one ingredient foods that don't need an ingredient label. All of these diet foods, not there's no such thing as a free lunch. Like we cannot expect to cheat God, cheat creation, cheat all of that and get the same results. This is how I feel about like Ozempic, that new weight loss drug and all of this. Like we can't, we can't take shortcuts. Um, there's no such thing as a free lunch. It will come back around eventually and there is nothing that feels better than getting there naturally balancing your hormones naturally it is harder yes it's not a shortcut it's not a quick fix but it will last longer and it is sustainable crash diets, under eating, over exercising, it's not sustainable, which means the results won't be sustainable. So like at this point in my life, I do not count calories. I don't track macros. I focus on the quality of my food. I focus on eating a lot of protein. I move my body daily. I aim for eight to 10,000 steps. I stay active and I lift weights three to four times a week. I'm not super regimented. I don't focus on calories. I don't focus on time spent in the gym. Uh, And another thing... I used to think that if a workout wasn't super sweaty and I wasn't exhausted and super sore the next day, that it wasn't an effective workout. And um, that couldn't be further from the truth. You can get a very good workout in without being drenched in sweat, without being fully exhausted after and w- without being like dead sore the next day. Being sore isn't a great indicator of a solid workout. And in fact, it can mean that you injured yourself. So I just focus on lifting weights, increasing my reps or increasing my weight. That's called progressive overload. And I take progress pictures. Sometimes I don't even do that. I really just move my body to honor my body. I want to live a long, healthy life. And the way that you do that is by fueling your body with nourishing foods, eating enough, not under eating, not like depriving your body of nourishment, moving your body, building muscle, staying active. So that's what I'm focused on. It's just less regimented and it's a lot easier for me. Anyways, today I got both my hair and nails done. Gasp, both toxic. I mean, I got my extensions moved up and I got definitely toxic nail polish. But you know what? Again, I am not perfect. You do not have to be perfect. You should not hold yourself to some impossible standard. There is a way to be bougie and crunchy at the same time. We don't need, I've said this so many times before, you do not need to live on a farm, churn your own butter, disconnect your Wi-Fi, and like cut yourself off from civilization to be healthy. I have a very healthy body, a easy menstrual cycle, pain-free periods, and I still get my hair and nails done. And I still eat French fries and I still eat ice cream and I live my freaking life. Life is too short, you guys. Life is too short to be obsessed with like the quality of the sheets when you go on vacation. I know people that will bring their own organic sheets on vacation. I will never, God bless them. I will never be that person. That's just too much. I go on a vacation to like not have to do those things, you know? Okay. A little bit of an update on what is coming. I feel like I am the girl who cried YouTube. I keep saying, I'm going to start YouTube. I'm going to start, I am starting YouTube tomorrow. I know there will never be a right time. It's, it's, there's never a right time for anything. And I was like, I have so much going on but I feel like maybe that's the perfect time to start vlogging and just like sharing clips of my life. I really just want to connect with y'all more on more levels. This podcast was another way for me to do that outside of Instagram. And I feel like YouTube will just be even better. I love, I've said this before. I know I have, I love watching vlogs. I think it's so fun. It's just, it's just relaxing for me. I don't scroll TikTok or anything like that. I just love watching mindless vlogs. And I'm so nosy like I want to know what people are doing on their most boring days like oh you're running errands please bring me with you bring me with you to the grocery store to the post office while you're folding your laundry. I don't know what it is about those mundane tasks but I really enjoy watching those vlogs they're super super therapeutic that felt weird I almost said super therapeutic So the vlogs are coming. I'll probably start doing like morning routines, nighttime routines. I'll do my grocery hauls on there. I'll share recipes on there. I'll probably share clips of the podcast. I don't know if I'll record full episodes for the podcast. Maybe eventually I just don't have like the space or capacity to do it in this apartment in a way that would look aesthetic. You know what I mean? So YouTube is coming and I just want to share more unfiltered things with you guys. It is so easy as like a content creator or I hate this word, but an influencer to get so caught up in a perfectionist mindset, especially as I grew my account. And it feels so weird because I feel and I am the same exact girl, woman, whatever, that Had 3,000 followers, right? And now I have 115,000, and it is insane to me. And I love you all so much everyone on Instagram, everyone listening to the podcast. Like, it means the world to me to share all of this with you and connect with you to get your messages and read your comments and see all of that. And I just, I'm I'm sick of making it about myself and being like, oh, I don't think this looks good enough or I don't think they'll like it. And I just want to get over that and start sharing content because. Every time I do, there's this like crazy thing that happens where I'll post something that I maybe wanted to delete or I keep looking at it. And I'm like, they don't like this. This is pointless. Why am I sharing this? And then I'll get a message from someone that was like, oh my gosh, this just made my day or thank you so much for sharing this. And so I know that if my, I've always said this, if my content helps even one person, one woman That's enough for me. That's worth posting. So I'm just trying to get over this obsession with everything needing to be aesthetic and perfect and just getting it out there because... Like I said, every little piece of content could help someone or change someone's life or give them the insight or the information that they've been looking for. So YouTube is coming. More unfiltered content on Instagram is coming. More lifestyle content. Again, it will still mostly be about hormone health. Everything will be through the filter of hormone health, holistic health. But I just want to start sharing more of my life with y'all. And on that note, 22 minutes into this episode, let's answer some questions from Instagram. Okay, first question, and I feel like this I could take five to 10 minutes, even a full episode to talk about this. But what are the symptoms of hormone imbalance? Now, hormone imbalances can be caused by so many different things. So I'm not going to go into like the root causes of them, but I will talk about the symptoms really quick. Um, Again, this is something I dive into. I have a link in the show notes to my free hormone balance masterclass, which kind of talks about them a little bit more. But some ways to know that your hormones are out of whack are, is it hard for you to wake up in the morning? Like, is it are you groggy for at least an hour? Do you need coffee the second you wake up to function? That's a sign that your hormones could be messed up and you have a cortisol issue. Um, also, on the flip side, are you like feeling tired but wired at night? Like when it's time to go to bed, your body feels tired, but your mind is racing and you you feel kind of wired. It's another sign that there's an issue with cortisol Um, Some issues with estrogen, if you have a high estrogen, you probably have heavy, painful periods, possible clotting that you struggle with some bloating or water retention. Those are all signs of higher estrogen. High testosterone or high androgens is usually associated with PCOS. You might have more facial hair. Again, cortisol could be triggered. Testosterone is high. And the thing is, I've said this before, hormones are like a symphony. And all of your hormones work together in harmony, right? And so if one is messed up, it's going to throw off the other one. For example, if you have chronic high estrogen or high cortisol, you're probably going to have low progesterone. Same thing if you have high testosterone, you could have high estrogen. And then over time, it could lead to low estrogen. So all of these hormones work together. This is why I get a lot of questions of, I have high estrogen, what do I do? I have low progesterone, what do I do? My answer is always the same. You wanna focus on the foundations of good metabolic health, which is what I cover in my online course, The Balance Bay Blueprint, but you really wanna focus on the foundations instead of playing whack-a-mole with all of these symptoms. Um, And that's usually when you're gonna have the longest lasting results. Instead of just, you have high estrogen, just take DIM. That's, again, not serving the root cause of what's actually going on, um, which could be a liver issue. It could be a gut issue. It could be food sensitivities. There's so many things underlying hormone issues that hormone symptoms, like hormone imbalance symptoms, are kind of just the tip of the iceberg. And they really act as the canary in the coal mine that something else is going on that's deeper and needs to be addressed, which is why it is such an issue when these doctors and practitioners Prescribe young women birth control. Young women, middle, any woman, birth control. Without addressing all of these other factors, they don't run an actual comprehensive blood work panel. They don't actually take a look at their diet or lifestyle. And it just now, oh, that was another thing I was going to talk about is the O-Pill, which is the -the over-the-counter birth control or oral contraceptive that is now available. And to me, it's really terrifying for the health of young women and women everywhere that there is now a birth control pill that you can just get over the counter. Willy nilly, anyone can go buy it and essentially wreck their hormones without any consent, right? When you go to a doctor and still we're not really getting the consent that we need. I don't remember getting true informed consent when I went on the pill. I don't remember being told the side effects. No one gave me that like mile long side effects sheet, which is like longer than a CVS receipt. You could use it as a blanket to sleep under if you go camping. Um, That's how long the side effects insert is inside of the birth control package. But no one told me that. And so all of these women that are going to line up and just go get it, go get this O-pill over the counter. Again, there is no extra like safety measure. There's no safety. I'm using like a gun. <laughs> I'm using a shooting term, gun safety term, but there's no safety. There's there's essentially no middleman is what I'm trying to say. And I just find it to be really dangerous. I get just makes me sad, right? I don't have kids yet, but me and Daniel will probably have kids in the next two or three years. And I can't wait to raise them and educate them on all of these things. But then, You also understand that you're going to let them out into the world and they have the ability to do whatever they want to do. And you have to raise them to hopefully think for themselves, be critical thinkers and make their own decision. But there are just so many young girls out there that don't have these resources, that don't know. They're just naive and it's not their fault. And again, it's it's one of the main reasons why I do what I do and I, I preach about all of this and I preach about how harmful birth control is because it truly ruined my health and we don't talk about it enough, how dangerous it is. If you want to know more about the dangers of birth control, I do have a full episode on it that you can listen to, but let's get back to the hormone imbalance symptoms. I'm just going to do these rapid fire, but some of the main ones are going to be like intense food cravings, mood swings, low libido, tender breasts before your period, irregular period, weight fluctuations, and insomnia. Those are probably some of the main ones. I would say the biggest one that most women that come to me struggle with is like hormonal acne, and weight gain or like stubborn weight that they can't get off. I would say that those are probably the two biggest ones besides like irregular painful periods. But intense food cravings is one that you might not realize is related to your cycle. Same with insomnia. You might not realize it's related to your hormones or low libido. And I will say low libido can also be mental and emotional, right? You can do all the healing, heal your hormones, eat all the right foods. But if you still have some trauma or there are issues in your relationship, or you have things going on in your personal life, that's also going to affect your libido, right? There are so many things. We're looking at health from a holistic perspective. It's not just about what we're eating, what we're putting into our bodies. It's also about what's going on in our mind. I feel like that answer was so jumbled. I jumped from like talking about hormone imbalances to birth control, to a healthy cycle, to hormone imbalance symptoms. But I think you catch my drift. And if you struggle with any of those, like I said, in the show notes, you can watch my free hormone balance masterclass. If you really want the secret sauce, I lay it all out for you in my online course, The Bounce Me Blueprint, where I teach you how to use food as medicine to balance your hormones naturally, restore your metabolism, have an easy pain-free period, lose weight effortlessly, and have all-day energy. I have been there. I've struggled with my hormones. I struggled for years. I healed myself naturally, and now I am so lucky I get to teach women how to do the same. It is the most rewarding, fulfilling job ever. Like I, I, I do not take this for granted. I love it so much. Okay. Moving on. This question is a personal question. It is, how did you know Daniel was the one? Have you had really hard times? And yes, we have had hard times. What couple doesn't? I, I'm, I'm truly convinced at this point in my life, if you have had, if your relationship has gone without a hitch, everything's great. You don't have hard times. You don't fight. I question you, I question you, because I think obviously easy things aren't real and real things aren't easy. And so, yeah, we've definitely gone through hard times and we're actually in the process of we're going to start seeing like a therapist together and go to like c- to couples counseling because we ha- just have different styles of communication. We love each other so, so much. We want to spend our lives together. And that starts with learning how to communicate with each other. I've known him for over 10 years now, been in relationship with him for a majority of that. And for sure, we've had hard times. We've also had amazing times and it's more good than bad, but that's not to say we've gone without struggle, without hard times, without like talking about breaking up. But how I know he's the one is I just, I know people say when you know, you know, but I know. And I knew the night I met him and he says the same thing. I can remember our first date and I say date, but we were both like 20. He was 22 or 23 and our first date was at a house party. So who says chivalry is dead, everyone? Um, But I met him at his place and then we were going to the party together and he was going to drive. So I met him at his place and I remember I just got in, like I opened the door, car door. He was already in his car and I get in and I, can, I felt like I had done it a million times. Like I got in his passenger seat and I sat down, I looked at him and I was like, hi, like, hi, I'm Emily. Obviously we'd known each other, but it was the first time we'd met. And it felt like I'd known him for a million years already, you know? And that's kind of, I can remember thinking, I remember the next day telling my mom, like, I met someone. Like I I think this is my person. And we have gone through so much since then. Um but he definitely is the one for me. He is so patient and I really think I do believe in soulmates, but I do believe that you choose them. I think you can have multiple soulmates in whatever whatever version of yourself you choose to commit to, I think you will find a soulmate at that level. And I think if you are in such a good place and you are on your highest timeline, whatever you want to say, and you meet someone, you can grow together with them, but you both have to make a conscious choice. You have to choose them Every single day, you have to prioritize your relationship and you also have to ask yourself hard questions if things aren't working. Now, me and Daniel, of course, we fight about certain things. Everyone has arguments and fights and disagreements, but at our core, we agree on the most important things, right? Our morals, our values, our political views, how we want to raise children, all of those, I think, are the most important things. And everything else, I think you can just kind of take it take it as it comes, right? But if you don't see eye to eye on how you want to parent your children, right? Do you want to vaccinate them? Do you not want to? Do you want to homeschool them? Do you not want to? Is their health important to you? What do you want to feed them? How do you want to speak to them? How do you want to parent them? What are consequences? What does disciplining look like? What does it look like when you fight? How do you make up? What is your fighting style? I think attachment style is gets a lot of like press, um, for lack of a better word, but I don't think we talk about apology style and fighting style. And I think everyone fights differently. And for example, me and Daniel are very different when we have a disagreement. I want to figure it all out right now. I do not want to sleep until it's done. And he needs space to process things. And he needs to like walk away. And at the beginning of our relationship, that was very hard for me. I have a very like anxious attachment style. And um, I, that was just really hard. I couldn't, I got I didn't trust that he would come back to me. Like in my head, I was like, if he walks away in a fight, that's him abandoning me. And it's not true. He just needs space. He processes things differently than me. And so I think when people say like, never go to bed angry, I believe never go to bed angry, but I don't think you always have to solve the life's mysteries before you go to bed. Um, I just think that they're after 10, we have this rule now and because... We've been through this so many times before. We do not fight or like have conversations after 10 p.m. So if it's something we're disagreeing on, if it's a difficult conversation, we wrap it up or we don't even start it if we can't finish it. And I think that was something that changed um, for the better, changed our relationship for the better. And I will also say like going to therapy separately, going to therapy has helped me immensely in so many ways I cannot even describe. I am just a different person and it's just really cool to see how far I have come and I highly recommend therapy to absolutely everyone. Okay, this last one is another personal question, but I'm gonna end it here because this is going on far too long. I'm Sorry if I didn't talk about hormones or health as much as you wanted to, but this last question is, I've noticed you talking about more political stuff and religion what changed? Um, what changes? I, I just stopped being scared of losing followers or upsetting people. These, these are the things that I believe in. And I feel like if I share them, then my tribe or like people, my like-minded people will find me. And the ones who don't agree can unfollow me if that's what they choose. But I'm just sick of staying small and being quiet, I am not a quiet person. I'm very feisty. I'm very fiery. And I really do think it was a big reason why I like kind of a stepped back on Instagram a little bit because there's so much going on. And I just, I want to share not only hormone health, but all over, all over health. Right. And like my life and my views and hormones, like all of these things, I'm trying to figure out how to balance them all. And for a long time, I just tried to like stay in my own lane and only talk about hormones and only talk about this. And I just started to feel like it. I was doing more harm than good by staying quiet. And actually recently I posted about, if you guys heard like the Jason Aldean song, uh, try that in a small town, which they totally tried to cancel him. Uh, Country music channel, CMT, whatever. They took his music video down. A bunch of people were slandering him, calling him racist, even though there's no mention of race anywhere in the song, Um, but they try to cancel him. And actually he's now number, he has his first number one hit on the Billboard 100. And I posted that and I got three messages saying like, I'm a faithful follower. I really liked you, but I just don't agree with this. I'm unfollowing. And I'm like, okay, there's the door. It's free to unfollow me. It's totally fine. This Instagram is like where I share free content. And if me posting a Jason Aldean song is going to be the reason that you unfollow me, then so be it. I'm just done trying to please everyone. I have faith in Jesus and zero faith in our government. And that basically sums up how I feel. So I am going to end it there. I love you guys so much. If you made it to the end, thank you for listening Um, on this wild ride. That was this crazy episode where I basically just rambled for um 37 minutes straight. I just want to say if you do love my podcast, you enjoy listening to it. You enjoy listening to me ramble about whatever I feel like talking about that day. Thank you so much. I This podcast is so much fun for me. I really I am going to come out with more structured episodes. It's just been like these past couple. I've just had so much going on with travel, selling our condo. We just have so much going on and I haven't sat down to like structure out and outline full episodes. So thanks for loving these little Q and A's. Please rate and review this podcast. It really helps me like move up the ranks and get this podcast pushed out to more people, which again, I'm really trying to grow this podcast as something big. I would love to take this places. I would love to bring on guests. If you would love to be a guest on my podcast or you know someone, please DM me or send me an email. Um, obviously, my Instagram is Little Ray of Health, or you can send me an email, Emily at com. But until then, I will see you in the next episode.